0: Good afternoon everyone, welcome to Raz's Football Show. Um, Today we're going to be talking about the topic of our top 5 best football players of all time. Now these players are usually the ones that, well, let's put it this way, excites you. I'm going to be joined by my guest, Bab, live from Washington DC, USA. And he's going to be giving us his top 5 and hopefully he can give us an insight on why He feels his top five is his top five, basically. Bab, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good, Raz. How are you?
0: Yeah, very well. You must have been um, a bit happier uh, since last weekend, I guess, when your team beat Liverpool, which I said we were going to give you the charity anyway.
1: Yeah, it's fine. A win's a win, but, you know, I'm I'm not getting uh, too excited about that. Yeah, but... uh... That's just... It's it's just one of those... uh friendlies that people make out like it means something but in reality it's just a glorified friendly we all know that
0: yeah no but it's it's a trophy at the end of the day now i would have loved to have had liverpool win it but hey you know it is what it is we are where we are um but yeah today's topic is not about our teams you know enough talks on liverpool arsenal and all the other teams barcelona whatever today we're going to be talking about our top five so I'm gonna get started on this one I'm gonna mention my fifth choice and um, basically my my top five let me just give you an insight my top five is you know it might not be everyone's choice Not it might not be who you choose or any other pundit you know in football would choose but I choose these top five and the order that I've chosen in is the, the order that I think they should be in because of how they excite me how you know what they have done for me to make what I love the the game of football why I love it and these players have been the reason why I love football the way I do today so my fifth choice um, I have put down and you know he could be number one for many people but for me he's number five and that's Zidane I've chosen Zidane as number five and I think you know just you know watch the way he played football and how you know at ease he played the game you know it was almost like you know watching you know a musician play an instrument it was just so you know it was was rhythmic however you want to call it it was like he was in his element you know every time he was on the ball the way he controlled the ball You know, watching him single-handedly win games, you know, especially, you know, the first time I got to, you know, proper watch him play because I, you know, it was a period when I didn't watch a lot of, you know, Italian football and he was playing for Juventus at the time, I believe. And when he came on, burst on the scene and he played for France and how he, you know, bossed that, was it 1998 World Cup? And I thought, yeah, this guy's a player. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, I can go on about him, you know, some of the goals. I mean, I remember the goal he scored for Real Madrid, that kind of like volley or whatever he did. It was amazing, you know, absolutely amazing. But what's your thoughts on that, Bav?
1: I like Zidane as a player. Personally, he's not in my top five. Um, He's definitely remembered for that World Cup in 98 where... The original Ronaldo didn't show up after being in the lineup, not being in the lineup, coming back, yeah, just go, more or less ghosting. And this Zidane pops up with two headers and wins the yeah. World Cup. And I think Emmanuel Petit scored the second or third goal. And that was that, right? I mean, it was yeah. a pretty much uh, dominant match. But no, Zidane's definitely up there. He's just not in my top five. He's definitely top ten as far as I'm concerned, but not yeah. top five. And again, you're right, that, that goal in the Champions League final was. Pretty stunning. Stunning. But for me, Zidane's not one of the players that gets me on the edge of my seat and I'm like, oh, I need to go and watch this guy or stop what I'm doing and buy the additional channel over here in the States to watch him. That's just my thoughts. But again, he, as you said, he was like the orchestrator in most teams, right? At Juventus, uh, Real Madrid, and then uh, the French team he played for, which I think it was, was it Bordeaux or Marseille, if I'm not mistaken?
0: Bordeaux, I think it was. He came from. Okay. But yeah, I mean, he was, he just about made it in my top five, uh, and it's probably, because, uh, my brother had a lot to do with it, because my brother's a massive fan of Zidane, and you know, and sometimes he used to put on these Zidane videos, and just, um, I think it's, there was a movie on Zidane or something, and when I watched that movie, that kind of just like cemented his place in my top five, And um, and my brother used to watch that all the time, and um, and I think he based his own football game around him and I thought, you know what, yeah, I'll give it to him. Zidane's definitely in my top five. My brother says that's his best player, but hey, you know, everyone has a choice. So, Bav, give us your top five, your fifth player.
1: My fifth player is, is someone, obviously, I, I've never seen play. Um, obviously, I've seen a lot of videos on YouTube and I think it's a guy that's been very, very instrumental in... Uh, a lot of the managers that we see these days and how they play their style of football, right? Um, it's it's Johan Cruyff, that total football style. Uh, it's a guy that when he went to Barcelona, yep. a lot of eyebrows were raised because at that time, back in the seventies, it was the world record transfer fee, and he obviously went from Ajax to Barca, and his record at Ajax: one hundred and ninety goals in two hundred and forty appearances, which is that's a pretty impressive record. That's you know four four out of five. And then he went to Barcelona and he was there for about 14 seasons. Sorry, not 14 seasons. He was there for five seasons, but just more or less the time he came there. They won the first La Liga title in 14 seasons. He won three Ballon d'Ors. He did pretty well for the Dutch national team. And and even the Dutch teams in the 74, 78 World Cups, they were pretty... That was a team that you wanted to watch after Brazil. That was the closest thing to Brazil. Yeah. And obviously, they've gotten lucky in a couple of finals where they lost. But for me, Johan Cruyff... And again, honestly, I, I wish I could have seen a little more about him. And you know, obviously, we know he passed away a few years ago. So, yeah. rest in paradise to him. But yeah, just uh, I think an all-round guy that you know, you could come back in 100 years and say, you know what? I wish I could have even played with someone like that. I'm sure a lot of these guys are saying that. You know that
0: no, no, He's the sort be. of
1: player they would have wanted to play with.
0: No, I mean, you know, again... Johan Cruyff what a player what a guy what a, you know he was probably one of the main reasons why the way barcelona play football now is because of him probably um la masia was practically created by him from what i've you know what the history books and what i've seen when i went to um the new camp as well so um yeah uh, again a player what can you talk about what can you say about someone like johan cruyff whose ne- a turn is named after him i mean that just says it all Right, sure does. The Cruyff 10. is, you know, I've tried doing it myself so many times, not been successful, but hey. Yeah,
1: you probably fell over, right?
0: Not quite, not quite, but you know, <laughs> not as close as him. But yeah, no, good choice, mate. I must admit, that's um, I probably would have said um, put a would have put him in my team, but unfortunately, he doesn't make my top five
1: because. Yeah, and one thing I liked about him is he was uh, one of the one of the kind in terms of managers where he actually two of the clubs where he really made his name Ajax and Barcelona he actually went back to manage them so yeah. you don't really see that too often these days
0: not these days no definitely not and uh, um, again you know what it's, it's a great choice you know all around you know? I mean he brought a lot of Dutch players into the, a Barcelona team because of him you know Ronald Koeman and a few others came
1: Frank Rijkaard Frank Rijkaard yep.
0: yeah exactly and uh, they fought, um, they made big successes at Barcelona you know and Yeah, a lot of players, I mean, when you hear some of these players, they all mention Johan Cruyff a lot of the time. So, yeah, massive, brilliant choice. Okay, so let's go to the next one. My number four. This guy, what can I say about him? You know, when I talk about him, I'm going to smile. Because he could be number one, he could be number two, he could be number three, number four. But the other three above him are just above him because of what they've done in football but this guy number four and you're gonna smile when I say his name is your because that's what happens is Ronaldinho what a player he was right now and I said to you before my top five is based on who I like and who I thought made me excited when I watched football and I just remember I was at one time, I used to follow Real Madrid because obviously they, you know, they had Steve McManaman. This is back in the early two thousands, and then Ronaldinho Sorry, came. I'm,
1: I'm scratching my head right now.
0: Yeah, I, I followed him. I wasn't a a fan or anything, but I followed him because of Steve McManaman and then and, and all of that. Um, and obviously I was a Liverpool fan, so I'm gonna follow a team that a Liverpool player goes to. But Ronaldinho came, and that was it. I went and. Bought my Barcelona shirt and the year he signed for Barcelona was that year, that summer, I went to, I was in Spain and I went to a place called Salou, and there was Ronaldinho shirts everywhere and there was videos about, you know, how he played football and it was the summer so he's not even played a game yet and I just watched this guy and I thought, this is my guy, this is the player and you know what, we were so lucky to I've been able to watch him play, especially in that Barcelona shirt. I mean, he was amazing. Uh, you know, some of the players that talk about him and what he could do with the football, amazing. I mean, his control, his, you know, his ability to dribble, take on players. It was just, and he did it with a smile. He did, he was just, he was enjoying it. It was like playing football in a park. That's what it was to him. And I think even till, you know, he's... If, pundits talk to him they interview him and he just says I just enjoy it I just played it just for fun I mean his stats are probably not as close to any of the, the boys that play now but hey this guy just made football enjoyable to watch what's your thoughts on that?
1: I really really like the guy but he's not in my top 5 I, I, definitely I, definitely top 10 and this is where you know our, you know, difference of opinions are obviously going to happen for the next couple of months but I think Later on, we may be almost in line thought-wise, but Ronaldinho, outstanding player, uh, scored some amazing goals. Goal. I mean, that outside-the-foot goal on the edge of the area against Chelsea. What, Chelsea, that was just, it was just effortless.
0: Do you remember that go, the game that he, he scored a hat-trick against Real Madrid?
1: Yeah. And even the Real Madrid fans got up and a game and, and, and game.
0: Well, what can you say? When you got yeah. Real Madrid, your biggest rivals, their fans stand up, and they rarely do that for anyone. I don't yeah. and they clap. I mean, that, 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 the that doesn't
1: happen in this day and age, really, in any sport.
0: No, but that's what he was. That he was such a fun guy to watch, you know. And you know, players around him. I remember Deco. Yeah, he said he, one of the interviews I heard, and Deco said he would just stand there and watch him play. He would it would actually freeze because. Some of the things he did, you know, the way he used to control the ball would like, he controlled it with his back or something and passed Oh yeah, it, like,
1: he, he was a definition of a magician for sure.
0: Magician, exactly. He was like a wizard, you know, he would do yeah. things, you can't expect it. His passes, I mean, he used to look the other way and pass the ball to some, like, amazing. I mean, and that's what I mean about exciting me at watching games. I would watch a match just based on watching him, if I'm honest with you. Um, and you know, the likes of Messi keep talking about him, I mean, Neymar has spoken so many times that he kind of like tries to emulate his way of playing football as well, which Neymar is pretty much doing right now, let's be honest, he's like the next best thing in terms of trickery, I wouldn't say he's as close to him, but trickery wise, Neymar does come out with some of it, so yeah, no, I mean, having said that, yeah, number four for me, and again, like I said, we're not going to agree, you're... You know, And I'm not one of them guys that are going to put players in like you know just because of the history. Because I can't put certain players in if I haven't watched them. I mean, that's just me. I'm not going to put them in there because I haven't seen them. And this is, again, based on who I've watched on TV. And some players I've even watched live. So I've been quite fortunate to be able to do that as well. I've gone to a few games. Um, but we went Brazil, uh, Brazil-England once, right? England versus Brazil did we was ronaldinho playing that game yeah
1: he's the one that scored that goal against david Seaman. i
0: thought i reminded you about that there you go
1: that basically knocked england out of the world cup i mean you know this just typical england fans thinking that they're going to beat brazil like it's not happening mate
0: no is again this guy you know he he scored some amazing free kicks as well and he wasn't all about himself you know although every game especially in his early times at Barcelona it was pretty much all about him but he did kind of play as a team player and that's what I thought and although he had a lot of trickery in him he did set up and assist a lot of goals Um, so that was my number four over to you Bab your number four
1: Uh, my number four is uh, a guy that a lot of people don't like but brilliant player again I've never I've seen him as a kid live on TV Uh, the favourite and most bizarre memories is not what he did to england and obviously i'm talking about number four maradona
0: number four yeah are you all right
1: yeah i'm fine mate okay maradona number four yeah
0: okay is he even in your top five mate he's a lot higher than number four okay well he's number four right now so he would be out Go on, go carry on, My sorry, friend. I'm just like, you know, I love Maradona, so, you know, when you said that, it kind of, sorry guys, sorry listeners, I mean, yeah. he kind of, Bab kind of shocked me with number four there, so, yeah, continue, bro. well, h- hear me
1: out, okay, you had your opportunity
0: to talk, let me <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, go ahead, sorry,
1: so, uh, yeah, Maradona, obviously, there, there is that memory of uh, what he did in England, right? The hand of God. And then he scored that stunning goal where he beat five players and literally ran half the pitch yeah, yeah. and put the ball in the back of the net and knocked England out. It's funny, we've got a theme here. We're talking about players that are basically knocking England out of major tournaments.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and it all comes back to the region of South American guys that are doing it. So, Maradona, 1998 World Cup. Um, sorry, 94, when it was in USA, obviously, at that time, I was living in England. And the matches were on, what time? Like, one about midnight, 2am, they were on, right? And I think Maradona was playing for his team against, I think it was Nigeria or Cameroon, one of the two. And oh, he it just was scored Nigeria? Goal and and he went oh. crazy towards the camera, right? And, yeah. and he just looked all crazy. I watched it
0: live, Bev, so yeah. yeah.
1: And then a few days later, he got suspended for, you know drug abuse or whatever it was and then it all went downhill after that
0: yeah but you know what i remember that world cup and i'll probably mention this later on anyway but maradona in that world cup it was all about him you know and i think was it that world cup when ronaldo was picked for brazil i'm talking about the real ronaldo but he was only a young kid he was well, um, romario and babeto were the two um, obviously strikers but there was a, a, r9 was there but he was very young he was like a 16 year old yeah he was yeah
1: that's right he did i don't think um, he even came on the pitch
0: he didn't come on the pitch but they took him along because of the hype that was surrounding him um yeah. and there was a bit of talk about him and then just maradona show and the whole world cup even when he was suspended they still kept him talking about him the pundits used to go on yeah. about him and how Maradona this and Maradona that and I just think, you know what Bav? he was what I call a true legend.
1: Yeah, definitely and then obviously he won, he won a World Cup which always helps put him in that legend category Yeah. and then I think obviously he, he had a good starting off when he played for Argentinos Juniors. Um, and then he went to Boca, played that Boca for a year. Then he went to Barcelona, it didn't quite work out in Barcelona for two years. No. He was extremely hyped at Barcelona. And then he went to Napoli and he more or less turned that team around. He scored like 80 goals in about 190 games. Yeah. And very, very influential player. Because you don't see too many players that go to like average or below par teams and well, then they were get, below par. title contenders.
0: They were below par. And uh, from what I remember, because. You know, we were pretty young then. I think well, we were 8, nine, ten years old or something like that when he went to yeah. Napoli. Um, and he's now like a messiah there, right? They still talk about him to this day. Absolutely. Um, and when I, when I heard about him going to Napoli, I was a bit of a... I was in shock. Like, why are you going to Napoli for like... You know, and yeah. this is the times when Serie A was obviously the, the, the league at the time. Everyone was watching Serie A. And I thought, well, you know what? Um, okay. Good on you, but, you know, let's see what you do. And then he's winning titles there. I'm like, what? This guy is insane. And it was practically single-handedly doing it. Yeah. You know, and you know what? you gotta, you got to say, that's legendary status right there. Not only because you win the World Cup, but you just help a team like Napoli win titles. You know, it just doesn't happen in this day and age. Yeah,
1: but unfortunately, you know, a lot of personal issues and it all kind of went south after... Winning that World Cup for him, and then obviously going to that World Cup in America, but um,
0: but despite you know, all you, those you pers- despite all what those was that? sorry, despite all those personal issues, we still talk about Maradona. Correct. So you know, you've got to say the kind of stature that guy has in football is
1: oh, absolutely, yeah. He, he's a he's a football god.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, oh, but he's still putting forth. So I'm shocked over to you well my number three and i don't know i mean i think you might have him in your top five if i know you as well as i do you definitely got him in your top five he's my number three and that's the real ronaldo i say r9 ronaldo that's my number three now again i'm gonna just put it out there It might not be in your top five but he excited me when i was watching football and that one season in Barcelona always sticks with me because, boy, what he did that year. I mean, just check out his stats. They were crazy. You know, it was uh, Bobby Robson got him on, took him on, signed him, and he basically told him, you're the guy. And that's it. This guy just went on. And obviously, he only stayed for a year. There was some contractual problems and he ended up going to Inter Milan the season after but that season I mean I just remember watching some of the games and I even watch you know go back and repeat on some of these matches that he played and every time he got the ball he steamrolled players literally went through yeah.
1: and I think one of his first goals is literally from the halfway line he ran through the opposition and just smashed
0: it right yeah that's the one goal that I actually remember like literally just first on got the ball and it was literally so fast and so powerful that it was like a bull running with a bull. Like he, People yeah. were trying to get to him. They just couldn't touch him.
1: And honestly, if injuries didn't decimate his career, he would probably be in the top two for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Because based on the way he was playing, the teams he was playing for, he would have obviously won.
0: No, no. I mean, if injuries weren't there, we will not be talking about him in third even. It would be number one or number two. Because that's what kind of player he was. And he was a big player. From a very young age, he's had to take on a lot of responsibility, being the top man in Brazil's, you know, you know all the youth teams and everything leading up to, you know, World Cups, all the hype was about him. Obviously, he's had some problems, but he did manage to win the World Cup. So, you know what, for me, amazing player, skills, power, he had it all. And he he had some, you know. Amazing goals to go with it as well.
1: Yeah, and and it's not just the amazing goals. I mean, do you remember that hat trick when he played for Real Madrid against Man United at Old Trafford? Yep, that was another scenario where the opposition fans stood up, and and he only played like 60-65 minutes. Yeah, and that that was like the perfect hat trick: right, left foot, right foot, and header.
0: Even at his latter, um, you know, stages in his career when he started developing that gut that he he's now pretty much got. Um, yeah he was still able to move like no one you know like he was just so f- quick and fast on the li- on his feet just the injuries it was a shame what's happened to him and injuries and stuff but i guess he you know he started young and he took a bit of battering along the way i think he had a few knee issues as well which did yeah, once hit. the
1: knees are gone that's it it's, it's all downhill from
0: then from then and that's what it was pr- practically i mean he, he he wasn't able to play as many games in a season as he would have liked I'm sure but you know nevertheless he's my third best player of all time alright
1: I guess it's uh, my turn so my third best player is probably and it seems like based on how you've been talking he's not even in your top five in any form it's uh, Lito Ronaldo he's a Brazilian the great Pele like listen Pele did not play for a top European team he played for Santos a high profile Brazilian team for 18 yes. years You've got to give him credit for that. And then, you know, he had his uh, two years in New York Cosmos, which I don't think he's really remembered for that. But the fact that he scored 1,279 goals in 1,363 appearances, that's just, that's mind-blowing. And yes, people are going to say, yeah, it was in Brazil and it was in a not-so-strong league. But at the end of the day, let's not forget, in the 70s, a lot of top, top players were playing in Brazil. And obviously, they're all Brazilians, and there were other, you know, South Americans playing in that league as well. And then, obviously, these guys get sold off to, you know, the big boys in Europe or semi decent European teams. And the fact he won three World Cups and he was a gold machine for me is number three. And honestly, I haven't seen too much of him, but I have seen highlights on, you know, YouTube and whatnot, and there's obviously a few documentaries about him. But I think Pele opened it up for players like, you know, see uh, the original R nine, Roberto. Romario, so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you know, like I said, I couldn't put him in my top five. Um, He would have been in the top 10, obviously, but for me, it's, I chose him on the basis of what I see, what I saw with my own eyes and in my era as well. So, you know, and like I said, this is all about opinions and at the end of the day, you know, and I can't take away what Pele's done Um, and even what he's, been doing while, well, you know, in the background, you know, with UEFA and whatever. Um, yeah, he's he's been a massive, what do you call it, an ambassador for football itself. Yeah, definitely.
1: definitely. And then, you know, also in 1962 and 1963, he did win the Copa, Libertadores, which is obviously a South American Champions League back-to-back, so yeah. that's a pretty good achievement. Obviously, there are other players that have done that with other teams, you know, as time has evolved, but yeah. um, that's something to definitely
0: you know, think of as far as Pele goes. No, no, Pele, amazing player. Like I said, he couldn't be in my top five, but yeah, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, Bav. Um, So yeah, I'll give you my number two, which you've already mentioned him. You put him as your fourth. I'm still shocked by that, but yeah, it's Mr. Diego Maradona. He was, he's number two for me, And for obvious reasons, I was growing up as a kid. And my first memories of football, and this is all personal now, right? Because football is a lot of, it's a lot about opinions. And um, as you know, I have an opinion on football and how football should be played. First of all, I just want to say, when I was growing up, I'm obviously smaller than a lot of people that were playing football. So, for me to be able to play football in a particular way, I had to kind of you know changed the way I played. I was more uh, not aerial in such a way and I was more of a dribbler. So I literally when I was a kid between the age of 8 and 10 all I did was watch Maradona videos. Literally. I mean we somehow used to find them like you know, you know watch TV find them on whatever and I used to just watch all Maradona videos and how he played football and how he dribbled the ball and I learnt how to dribble a ball by watching him with my both my left and right foot. Now, this is a massive achievement because of me being able to play with my left foot. I was able to play as a left back for my school team because I wasn't getting picked because there was a right back, um, and he was. Uh... Was
1: you left back on the bench?
0: No, I was actually sorry, bad joke. Bad joke. Yeah. No, basically, I I, I started off a winger and uh, the. Um, My coach decided, look, let's put you as a a left-back because you've got a bit of an engine and you can run up and down a lot more and the players that were there, they couldn't do it. So he said, let's put you as a left-back and now you can't replace a right-back because he's just too good as a right-back. This guy called Anthony Winter, he was an amazing right-back. So he goes, can you play with your left foot? And I said, well, I've been practising, I can try and give it a go. And so we had a little practice game and I was amazing with my left foot. I was crossing the ball with my left foot and they were like, Really, your right foot, but you're crossing with your left foot. I had to learn it because, obviously, and dribbling with my left foot, then cutting in with my right. Um, and that was all down to the way Diego Maradona played. And that allowed me to play like that. So the main reason that I like Maradona is because of, well, I copied my style from him. And not only that, obviously, the 1994 World Cup um, and then previous World Cups, you know, people say the hand of God, but, you know, and how England supporters hated him at the time he was so hated in england it was unbelievable and i remember i had a diego maradona shirt an argentina shirt that my um my uncle bought me for like a prison or whatever because he knew i liked him so much and literally one day i went shopping with my mum and i was just getting people pointing at me the white wearing that shirt for and i'm a little kid and i thought wow this guy's so hated but i still loved him man and you know for me He's one of the greatest of all time. He's a legend. He's an absolute genius on the ball. I can go on and on and on and I can just keep talking about him, but you've already mentioned a lot about him and we kind of spoke. So, yeah, that's my number two.
1: Okay, well, so I I think, you know, the way I know you, I'm somewhat surprised that my number two is not even in your top five. Um, It's a guy that's been responsible for this modern-day rivalry, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo.
0: Like I said, Bav, he's not in my top five. And he's he's actually, if I had a top ten, he'll be six. And it's just because he doesn't excite me as much. That's just my opinion. He doesn't... Well, he doesn't well, I think, yeah,
1: again, you, you know, you... you uh, I I think you might be slightly biased in your opinion because all the audience knows that Raz is a Barcelona fan and still am I, and, Sometimes you can't be blinded by the judgement of the fact that the player that you like but don't really want to support plays for the opposition or rival, right? No, no, no,
0: no, absolutely. But the the fact is, this has always been the case. Uh, And I've had this argument with so many people. When I watch Ronaldo, I see him as an athlete. Yeah? I don't see him as a natural talent. I see him as a guy that's made into this kind of player that he is now. And... Again, I would say he's amazing in terms of the work ethic and what he's done to get to where he's got to. I will give you that, hundred percent. What he's done to become the player he is, and I know, and I've you know I've heard a lot of, you know, you know pundits talk about it, and you know players that played with him that he works. He's the hardest worker on the training bridge, and I know that. That's without that you can see anyway. That he works out in the gym. I've got him on my social media. So I see what he does on a daily basis anyway. Um, And you know, I knew it could have been anyone. It could have been my number two. But the players that I've got above him, they're special. Ronaldo hasn't got any of those specialities that them guys have got. In my opinion. Apart from his stats.
1: Okay. So five Ballon d'Ors, 700 goals, two La Ligas, four Champions League. Stats. Stats,
0: but stats matter. Stats matters to you, not to me. Yeah,
1: and and that's why we have our indifference of opinion.
0: And but this again, is the best thing about this podcast, mate, because this is why I wanted to bring this subject up. Because they, we, we, you know, it's not. I'm not being biased, honestly. My my views are. This is from the heart, honestly. It's it's from the heart, and your opinions, um, are you know, maybe they are from the heart or maybe they're stats related because you, I know you like your numbers, right? And you are I'm a numbers, a numbers guy. guy. You're a numbers guy. And yeah, again, five Ballon d'Ors, amazing rivalry. Messi and Ronaldo, I think, but Cristiano Ronaldo, I'm going to say because we can get that confused with R9. But they both have quite a good respect for one another. And I know that because they, they actually do. Um, but, you know, What can you say about Ronaldo? Tell me one thing that he does for you that, you know, that's excited you in a way. I would like to know.
1: I think it's, um, I saw a documentary. So over here we have ESPN and I think you guys have it over there in the UK. There was a documentary once where just, it was on Spatial Awareness for Athletes and it featured Cristiano Ronaldo and I'm not sure if they showed it over there. But they basically had some random person crossing from... The right wing and the left wing and the lights are off and this guy's still able to head and score goals in pitch pitch black dark which i was just that just shocked me okay and even when i've seen him like in his young days at manchester united that that guy really used to excite me when i'd see him just go past a couple of players and score light and again not to bring fantasy football into it you could look at ronaldo was responsible for a goal or assist for most of their goals Back in the day when he was in that team with Scholes, Van Nistelrooy, etc.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, he was amazing at Manchester United in his last couple of seasons. And uh, At the beginning when he first came on the scene, he was doing these silly stepovers and not getting it. Yeah, but he was an
1: 18-year-old kid, right? Like, yeah, no, absolutely. It, it takes time to develop.
0: But that's what I'm saying. Now, you know, obviously he was developed into what he is now. You see, that's what my point is. The likes of Maradona, R9s, they were just natural talents. And for me, that's what football is. You know, when I see players that are with natural talents, that's what gets me. But, you know, you're you not wrong. He would have been number two for most people. I mean, I've seen, I've heard a podcast the other day about certain players' top five, and a lot of them had number two, Cristiano Ronaldo, or number one, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, so, yeah, now you're right in what you're saying. Um, and obviously he's done well for Portugal as well, right? And the amount of cash. Yeah, I mean, he's,
1: he's single-handedly carried that team, right? Like, in the Euros. the Euros in 2016, I remember he went off, if I'm not mistaken. And there was that young guy that came on the strike, but I can't recall his name, and he told him something like, you're going to score the winning goal. And like that's like your CEO going to your janitor saying, oh, you're going to come and turn this company around. That's yeah. the. That's where it stood. That that striker was a nobody. I don't even I can't, I, he's such a nobody. I don't even remember his name.
0: I can't remember his name either. I know he he spoke to Ricardo Cherezma.
1: Yeah, Cherezma was in the team at the time, and Cherezma was the second best player, player in that team, and you know a lot of personal issues. But yeah, the guy who scored the goal—honestly, I, I don't recall who it was. I and mean, it doesn't
0: matter anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so that's your number two, yeah?
1: It does. it does. Well, yeah,
0: he's my number two. So I guess I know your number one, and I guess I know my number one as well, because if this guy's not mentioned in this top five, we might as well go pack up and just go. Um, I think everyone, the listeners probably know this already, you probably know this already. Um, the best player ever to grace the game, Lionel Messi. Agreed. Oh, uh, thank God we agree on something. Now, like, you know, bam, I got to watch him live um, and I went to watch the Champions League final against Manchester United. And and you know, here
1: I saw him in uh, DC a few years ago. Saw him, Neymar and Suarez, man. That was, that was worth a... every penny.
0: But, you know, when you're watching him from the stands, you're just seeing this little guy, like literally, he's probably the smallest player on the pitch most times, right? And he was the smallest guy on the pitch. But every time the ball came to him, it was electrified. I'll get up and I'm like, literally trying to tiptoe, watch around what he's doing. And his passes, his moves, he was just so quick on the ball, so nimble on the feet. Um, His passing ability, his everything. I mean, his goal scoring ability. He scored a goal against Manchester United and the way he went to the corner and started whacking the corner stick. It was just... Ah oh, mate, it was amazing, and the best feeling about it was that I was watching it next to two Manchester United fans who happened to be my friends from where I live as well. So it in was, the Champions League final, right? In Did the Champions that... League final, there was me and my brother, and those two guys. They were literally sat next to us. We didn't even we didn't go together. We just met, yeah. them and they were sitting next door to me, next right on the next seat. And I just watched their faces when that was all going on. And uh, as I said, I does it feel being a United fan now, mate. So it was it was a great feeling for me, but. Um, a few, not so long ago about 2016 I think it was or 2015 I went to watch an Argentina friendly at West Ham's um, Bowling Grand uh, I think yeah. it was one of the last see, um, season at the Bowling Grand and Argentina came to play I can't remember who they played against though um, it was in England um, and it wasn't Port- I think it might have been Portugal I'm not sure Um, but I wasn't even interested in watching the other team because everyone literally came to watch Messi and I've never seen that many Messi shirts at West Ham. Like, literally. Everyone had a... How how, how long did he play for? He played pretty much the whole game. See, I have a story here. That was a last
1: minute... um, not, Not really a last minute, fixture. It was a fixture that we were aware of, but me and a friend have bought the tickets literally two hours before the game. Argentina versus El Salvador or Guatemala, one of those two. And obviously we go there thinking Messi's going to play, and he doesn't even, he doesn't even warm up. And it was just so disappointing. But luckily the following year, I saw him against Man United with, like yeah. I said earlier, Messi and Suarez.
0: No, I mean, that was the oh, thoughts of everyone here. Like, oh yeah, he's not going to turn up. He's not going to turn up. It's 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 a silly game. Why is he going to play for? And I said to, like, I took my whole family with me. I said, look, you know, I've got tickets here. I can get all the tickets for Argentina game. Who wants to come? And I had like 10 tickets there. Gave it to, you know, sorted them all out. And we all went and they all kind of were excited to see Messi thinking he's not going to even come on the pitch or whatever. But he literally started the game and he bossed that game. Literally. I don't even think it was a nil-nil or something like that. It was, it wasn't even, there was no goals. But every time he got the ball, all you hear is ooh, ah, and literally running around players, passing around, moving... It was just amazing to watch and just, you know, we are, we can't, I can't tell you how lucky we are to have this guy play football in our time right now, you know, I'm telling you that there's going to be a few people that are going to cry when he stops playing. That's how good he is, like literally. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's a generational player, right? Six Ballon d'Ors, 10 La Liga titles, four Champions League, 50 goals in a season in La Liga record, 36 hat-tricks. 700 goals for club and country. But the only thing that goes against him is that he hasn't won anything for his national team. And on, um, I'm sorry to say, uh, again, without bringing other national teams into it. Well, funny, we're going to bring England up again. In Argentina, more or less like England in a sense, right? Overhyped, got a lot of good players, but just can't deliver.
0: I think with Argentina, they're just unlucky they haven't got a, a coach that can... Actually, coach them as a team that's been the problem. They've got the best attacking players in the world, but they just can't sort their defense out, <laughs> and that's yeah. basically what they've done. and we've, I think we've spoken about this before where they just overpower the forwards and hope for the best. Um, and what World Cup was it recently where they got to the final against Germany and that was pretty much messy, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: that was uh, the world, and Cup if you had won that World
0: well. Cup in 2014. Yeah, and if he had won that World Cup, we would have been—he would have been—that's it, you know. There's. Well, I think they were very
1: close. If I recall correctly, Wayne missed a, a pretty good chance. It, it was one nil, wasn't late late it? The game. It was now, Had that fallen to Aguero or Messi, it'd probably be a different story right now.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, and this is this is the thing. I mean, I think again that World Cup was their chance. You know, it was Messi's chance of winning the World Cup. Um, I don't see it happening again. Um, yeah, and
1: then even in the Copa America, they've got to the final a few times and they've lost, like lost you know, on penalties as well. And,
0: yeah, so yeah, you know, he's been unfortunate in the international scene, obviously for for his country. But having said that, what he's done for Barcelona, I mean, there's talks of him leaving Barcelona. Um, I mean,
1: yeah. So let's let's address the elephant in the room because we said we we're only talking about the top five players, but yeah. we can't talk about Lionel Messi and not talk about where he's going to be playing next season.
0: Well, it pretty much looks like he's going to go city uh, if he is going to go anywhere. But there's also talks that they might be able to keep him at Barcelona for another season. So let's see how that pans out. Because it's well,
1: well, well, based on what I've been hearing, his father met with the president yesterday, yeah, and something along the lines of with the lawyers that look, the season ended. It wasn't Messi's fault or any other player's fault that the season got extended due to the current conditions that we're in, right? Yeah. So, so based on that, in theory, by default, the contract would be extended because the season got extended by two months.
0: Yeah.
1: But in return, they were cheeky enough to offer him a two-year contract, which is just crazy. You you know, you've got a player that wants to leave and clearly wants to leave, and he's a very private guy, right? Very private guy, very down-to-earth, very low-key, a family man, whereas... CR7's a bit of a flashy guy, yeah. right? Maradona, a bit of an outgoing, flashy guy. Um, but Man City, I think for that deal to happen, because even La, even La Liga is saying that whoever comes in for him has to meet that contract clause of 700 million euros, that's not happening. We all know that's not happening.
0: It's just how Messi's going to get himself out of it. And I think, Yeah. I mean, if I'm honest with you, Barcelona are full within their right to try and stop him from going because really and truly. I don't think it's about the money. I think it's about they don't want him to go. Um, and obviously the money does play a part, but who wants, the, who wants their best player to leave? Um, and I think once, No one,
1: but at the same time, he's given so much of his life to that team. He's going to be a free agent in a year anyway. So why, even if this goes to court, the court case will drag on for more than a year. Yeah. So obviously if he doesn't play for a year, he may not be able to maintain the fitness levels that he has, especially if he's in court a few times a week. And, I just think they just need to do the right thing and I think Barcelona has a bit of a history trying to tarnish the legend's reputations. Yeah. Even Suarez has been mistreated in my opinion. Well, yeah, this is
0: the thing. I think that's what's kind of happened with Messi. He's, um, that's what triggered him off, right? Because obviously he had, he's got a really close relationship with Suarez and as soon as they fa- he found out that they're going to lose, they told, well, Koeman came in and said to Suarez, you ain't got a future in the club. When you say that to your second best player in the team, Absolutely not. No, he shouldn't Just a it. sidebar.
1: And Suarez, apparently he's on his way to Juventus, but Liverpool should go and make a move for him. Yeah. Nice, that will be a nice story.
0: It'll be a nice story for Liverpool. I would love to have him back, mate. Um, you know, and if yeah,
1: his job will be he'll come on for 20 minutes when Firmino goes off and knocks the ball in the back and let a few times. He'll do that. He's a goal
0: scorer. Or Arsenal could try and buy him for a pound extra. <laughs> Sorry, just had to add that one in. But yeah, so let's go. We're digressing totally now. So we need to talk about the top five, obviously. So going back to the top five, that was my top five. Now give us your number one. Number one is Messi. Wasn't it obvious? It was obvious, but I wanted to hear it from your mouth because it just, it's music to my ears, Bav, every time someone says something good about Messi. That's how much of a big fan I am. That I I'm a massive fan. I tell you a story about this actually, Bav, right? And I, I forgot to mention this. When Messi first came on the scene, uh, well, he actually did it. He was a sub. Uh, a friend of mine, me and a friend, we, we met up and we were just like having a chat about football. And he goes, he said to me, I bet you don't know about this player that Barcelona's got, Messi. I mean, I know. I know about Messi. He goes, well, he's a good player, right? But I don't think he's going to do that well. I said to him then, and, this is, and I'm not even going to lie, this is about... Two thousand and five, maybe, two thousand and six, maybe something along that two thousand and five maybe I think it was. He was it. it was a sub, he had a number thirty number as well. And I said, This guy's gonna be the best player ever. That's that was my word. No word of a lie, and I said that to my brother as well, and they all laughed at me. So, what are you talking about? There's like you know, there's gonna be loads of better players than that. This guy can't do anything. Turns out that since he started playing for Barcelona, he's probably been the best player since 2006 2007 in the top two in the world yeah more or less yeah more or less and again this was something that I said back in those days and I I feel quite privileged I mean I'm not saying I've had a hand in him being the best player in the world but obviously it was you know I had the eye for it and not many people did at the time did you think at that time that he'll be the best player in the world
1: absolutely not I, I just thought it was just some random little kid and He'll play it. He'll fall off like most of
0: them do. No, nice. that, that's what a lot of people thought. And uh, to do it at the levels he's done it for at so many years. I mean, again, the goals he scores. You know, Bab, we can talk about him for, year, for, you know, for ages, right? This guy, he gets the ball and he can run a whole full length of the pitch, right? And take on every single player and score a goal. And he does it all the time. It's not like, you know, a freak, you know, like... One off, like what Son did for Tottenham, the other, like you know this season that just went where he scores a an amazing goal against Burnley, and that's it, everyone talks about him. He does it week in week out. It's like normal to him for him to do that. Now, oh, have yeah. you have you seen the YouTube clips of when he was a kid?
1: Which one? what what specifically are you referring to?
0: It was a it was a five a side game or something, and he was a kid, and he was playing for Barcelona's kids team or something, junior team or whatever. And he literally got the ball from his goalkeeper's area, went all round players. Exactly the way he does now. Run, room, same foot, left foot, right foot, left foot runs, dribbles like that, and he scores with his left foot. Bang. And he's done those sort of goals since that age. Now this is what I mean about natural talent. That is natural. It was just he was just gifted. You know. And when you say footballing gods and we talk about Maradona, this guy, he's a footballing wizard. He's, he's a genius. He's, a, he's everything about football. He's what epitomises football right now.
1: Yeah, but it's going to be a shame, right? Because obviously, you know, Messi and Ronaldo maybe have three, four years each left in them. Let's be frank. And then after that, it doesn't look like there's going to be a rivalry like this again in our lifetime. I'm going to be honest. I mean, yeah, there are some good prospects around Neymar, uh, Mbappe, Eden Hazard. But Eden Hazard is... he's very, very overhyped to me and I just don't think we're going to see this type of rivalry yeah,
0: again. Yeah, Eden Haddad is pretty much on his like, not, he's not got many years left either, has he really? Yeah. Um, yeah, Mbappe is a, a prospect, obviously you've got the likes of Kevin De Bruyne doing what he's doing in midfield right now. You know, you've got to, you've got to say he's you know a world-class player right now. Um, again, Mo Salah, he's doing bits right now as well, let's be honest, he's, he's he's among the top players in the world but i don't think none of these players that we talk about can come against the likes of messi and ronaldo No, they're not in,
1: they're, they're nowhere near these. they they got they're a different awesome. league
0: there's a different league for these guys and uh, i mean it's absolutely and it's amazing to watch these kind of players play and you know it's been a privilege and um, yeah any thoughts about anything else though can you just what i would like you to do is just read out your top five again so we know from five back. Number to five, run.
1: Johan Cruyff. Number four, Maradona. Number three, Pele. Number
0: two, Cristiano Ronaldo. Number one, Lionel Messi. Okay, so mine was number five, Zidane. Number four, Ronald- Ronaldinho. Number three, the real Ronaldo or R9, I like to call him. Number two, Maradona. And number one, Leo Messi. So yeah, no, um, two different types of top fives. Obviously, you've had a few, again, absolute legends like so, Pele, Cruyff. You know, I, I'm a, I'm kind of like, I think I might have made a mistake with my fifth one. If I'm honest with you, and I'm, I'm gonna put this down and say that I should have actually put Johan Cruyff there, um, as number five instead of Zidane. But again, I had to make a decision on the basis of who I've seen play. So, yeah, I mean, is there anything that you could have changed in your team? In your top five, sorry? Honestly, no, I think um,
1: if you look at it strictly from a stats perspective, Pelé would be number one, strictly from stats.
0: Yeah.
1: And probably Ronaldo too, because Ronaldo's goal-scoring record is insane, and then Messi third. But no, I, I think when I look at overall what these guys have done for the game and what they bring to the table as players, I think I'm... Speaking
0: with this, I mean, the thing with Maradona as well, um, and I put, you know, he was so influential in my life. For me not to have have him as number one was probably purely not because of his stats and stuff like that, but because of the fact that he did have other problems, you know, like his drug abuse and stuff like that. And Messi tops him on that, you know.
1: Let me tell you this if you went to Buenos Aires, Argentina, and you sat down with a bunch of Boca Juniors fans—they're going to say to you, Maradona number one over Messi, simply for the fact that he won the World Cup, and that's all it is.
0: Yeah, no, and that's that's what it comes down to, you know. And I totally agree, but like I said, I'm looking at the overall package here. Yeah? Um, again, Zidane—I think I should have changed him for Cruyff, but I'm going to leave it like that now. It's done. That was the decision I made, but I could have easily should have easily have had Cruyff there. I mean, Ronaldinho, again, you know why I chose him. R9, you know why I chose him. So, yeah, and I like your choices as well, to be honest. Um, it's been an interesting chat, Bab, and it's really, um, it's been quite enlightened that finding out what your, your thoughts are on your type of players, and it clearly shows that you're more of a stats man than I am. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's great, to, great to see. Um, but, yeah, um, the season's over now, Bab. Um, obviously it was over last week and now we've got a new season starting. So, um, you excited? Just a little. You should be a lot more excited than what you are now. I think, I mean, I'm a bit worried if I'm honest with you as a Liverpool fan because uh, we haven't really signed anyone and, but, you know, again, you know. No,
1: I think you'll get someone. You just need that one, uh, as you've said many times, that Alex Ferguson type signing. where uh, It's a player you don't need but just to keep things fresh in the squad.
0: I think Thiago. Honestly, won. I
1: think um, Thiago. There's a lot of talk about him maybe going to uh, Man United now, right? But I, I don't see that happening, especially when they've just bought Donny Van der Beek, that can play many, many positions.
0: That's a good signing, man. Really, it's a
1: good signing. And, and at the end of the day, 30 million for Thiago or 35 million for Van der Beek. At the end of the day, if Van der Beek doesn't work out, they can sell him on and they'll get their money back. Yeah. No issues. Whereas Thiago, this would be his final contract. And let's talk about. Uh, Georgie Wijnaldum, that Kuman wants him. Liverpool don't want to pay him. There's a year left on the contract, so if they sell Wijnaldum to get Alcantara, that's for me, that's a bad move.
0: It's a bad move. I don't. I, don't, I think getting rid of Wijnaldum or not getting rid. So I say um, selling him right now is a bad move. We should be adding to the squad, not getting you know removing players. We've already sold Lalana um or or you know pass him on to another team so to speak and we've cleared out a lot of the the players that we didn't need so now getting rid of getting rid of Ronaldo would be a bad move i think we should be adding not getting rid
1: yeah, and if you look at premier league history it's it's extremely difficult i mean it's i'm not saying it's easy to win but it's a lot more difficult to defend a title yeah,
0: absolutely and that's that, that's the major problem right now like Liverpool need to actually they need right now is the best time for Liverpool to buy the best players in the world so I, I don't understand why we haven't actually looked into because if we don't win the league again or don't do anything at least we could have got one of the best players right now because everyone wants to play for Jurgen Klopp and everyone wants to play for a winning team
1: yeah but Rats like I've said to you before I think Liverpool it, it's a financial issue so Liverpool clearly has money um, nothing against the American owners, but a lot of these American ownership-based teams are not splurging the cash. They,
0: don't splurge they splurge
1: simply them. aren't. If you look at everything going on globally, they're just very, very... And especially with it being the election year here, they're a bit nervous about throwing money around as well. Yeah. And
0: yeah.
1: that is a factor. So what Timo Werner was, what, about $5200 million, something like that? Yeah. And if you're kind of not willing to pay $30 million for Tiago Alcantara... You've got to go the free-signing route. Luis Suarez will be a great uplift for that squad. And if not, Edison Cavani still has not signed the contract with Benfica. That's the sort of game-changer that you guys could grab. And, and yeah, they're both old, but they can still put the ball in the back of the net. No, exactly. And you need a backup to Firmino because he does way too much for that team and he's, you know obviously appreciated by his Liverpool colleagues. But most people don't see what Firmino truly does.
0: Yeah, but I think with, with this... With the fact about Firmino, I think they they basically are happy to have Origi still there. And he's a fill man, isn't he? Origi, that's what he's there for. So I think you know, and I think Rheam Brewster, they keep they, they're relying on the young That's what Liberal Yeah, and you've still
1: got Shakiri, I don't know what happened with Shakiri, obviously I didn't really see him play this season. And then Injuries. you've got um Minobito, who I'm not really convinced with, but Again, you've only seen one in every six, seven games. So
0: Minamino will come good. This season will be his season. I'm pretty sure you're yeah. going to see a lot more of him. He, when Liverpool signed him from Leipzig or whatever it was, um, it was basically one of them signings where the players came back to Jürgen Klopp and said, sign this guy, he's that good. And yeah. and that's how it got signed. Literally, that's what, what happened. Every single player said, we need to get him. We need to get him. So they signed him like that. And obviously, the season hasn't really worked out for him so far because he only came in January and the lockdown happened and all the rest of it. But now this is going to be a season. He's already scored a goal in the charity shield. So, yeah, we'll see how it yeah, goes. Yeah, let's see what
1: happens. I mean, you know, transfer-wise, I think we've got to the October 5th or maybe the 12th, something like that. So there's still plenty of time. A lot of these teams, um, you know, I think I've had a couple of pre-season games, but even the Premier League, don't expect the Premier League to kind of take off as it has in the previous decade no. where it's just, you know, organs blazing from, you know, week one. It's, it's going to take three, four weeks before these players are even somewhat back no. to their yeah. previous levels.
0: I mean, uh, you guys have signed a few players, haven't you?
1: Yeah, it looks like uh, we're turning into a mini Brazil right there. I'm, I mean, honestly, uh, the Gabriel Magalhas, I'm, I'm quite happy about that yeah. because he was coveted by Napoli and Man United. Not that they're great teams, but for where Arsenal is, Napoli... And Man United are very similar clubs. Obviously, Man United is a bigger club. I'm not going to deny that, but we'll take him. I just don't know if he's going to play with Saliba or if he's going to play with David Luiz. Because Brazil aren't exactly known for having the best of centre backs, are they? So that kind of makes me a bit nervous. But one thing I do like seeing under Arteta, we still, when we don't have the ball, we actually have a shape and attempt to defend.
0: No, I noticed that as well. I mean, you guys were pretty. You're quite uh, what do you call a team now They're playing with a, a bit of a unit, so to speak yeah. uh, you're and you're... Um, you know
1: we've beaten Liverpool twice, sorry, don't want to hear it, facts are facts. Chelsea man City and, and you, you can't really talk about Arsenal in a three four month period beating those three teams, truly no. speaking, right based on what's been going on in the last decade.
0: Yeah, so yeah, you're a work in progress, we know that Liverpool are going to probably come out and win the league again, hopefully. Uh, man, United look like. A nah, roster. if if Man City get Messi
1: and Koulibaly, forget it, man. Don't even bother playing. Well, I'll just,
0: I'll, I'll stop watching Premier League if that happens because I can't watch Messi in another shirt. It's just gonna, <laughs> it's gonna hurt me, man. Yeah,
1: you say that now, but you'll be, you'll be driving up the motorway to Manchester, what, M6, trying yeah. <laughs> to get a glimpse of Messi. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I probably will. Not gonna lie. But, yeah, it's going to be awesome watching him in the Premier League, to be honest. You know, week in, week out, seeing Messi in match of the day. Whoa. But, yeah, it's been a pleasure, Bab, having you on on the line again. Um, We've had a good little chat, and hopefully the new season begins and new conversations will begin as well. All
1: right, mate, take care. Take care. Have a good one,
0: mate. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.